Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. How annoyed are you guys with me on a scale from 1 to 10 right now? 12, 13. COVID-19. Yeah, that one's apt. Uh, so for those of you who are listening to this podcast, you can tell a couple things here. First and foremost, um, we don't sound how we usually do. We are, for the first time since uh, the outbreak started, uh, taking the steps to isolate not only ourselves or not only um, ourselves from the outside world, but ourselves from each other. So uh, this is the first Winged Wheel podcast run completely remotely. Welcome. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Exotic. I'm Evan. <laughs> this is uh, fun. This is, yeah, this is something. So uh, bear with us, guys. We actually have um, some nicer mics coming in to be able to run these and get some better audio for you. But uh, with the entire world just not doing anything right now in terms of shipment, we're having to wait a little bit longer. So uh, we're working with the equipment we have, um, which is everything from Evan's Pro Gamer headset you can tell by streaming uh, video setup uh, to Brad, I believe, is recording this with an Etch-A-Sketch, it looks like, Brad. Something to that effect? Yes, with a uh, plug directly into a potato. Uh, so we're going to try our best to, to make do with that and uh, clean up the sound as much as possible. But again, if this isn't uh, your favorite sounding episode, don't worry. By next episode, we should have uh, some better equipment set up for you. Um, but we'll make do. The show must go on, and so we are going to keep rolling. Um, before we get too much further in, we just want to give everyone just a general um, uh, update as to how things are going to roll. We still are going to stick with the Sunday-Wednesday episodes if we can, but for this week, we had to go uh, Monday-Thursday. Brad, what are you laughing at specifically? <laughs> I was just laughing at Evan staring off screen for 30 seconds. I'm like, even on camera, you can see Evan's disinterest. Evan, I'm, I'm like, reading. I'm reading right now while Ryan talks about whatever he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Evan is just so upset with me right now. Even though, Brad, you tell the world why we had to wait 10 minutes before we could even get started setting up. Because... Uh, Tech pro over there couldn't get his camera working. Pro pro gamer streamer Evan couldn't get his camera working. It's because no one in their right mind ever uses Skype. No free ads. <laughs> Actually, that's not an ad. Skype is terrible. <laughs> oh, well, we're not getting sponsored by Microsoft anytime soon. Darn. Uh, so we are going to be running, um, as per normal again, obviously the, the world of hockey is shut down a little bit, but that's not going to stop the content that we've had going on for you. Uh, today we are going to be talking about how the shutdown has affected the hockey world. Not too much more than what we talked about last episode, um, in terms of like ideas on how to kick things back up. It's more just a waiting game. Uh, some mild Red Wings news, um, including some Jersey designs, Jersey, possible third jerseys, some different uh, mock-ups have been generated that have had people buzzing. And then we're going to be doing um, our prospect profile. And then we're going to do another simulated March Madness. And this time I have the bracket prepared. So fret not, it won't be so bad. Um, but first, I think we have to announce that we are probably officially um, transitioning into a Tiger King podcast. That's correct. Yeah, Brad? Yes. 
Absolutely. We're going to go over fan theories for the next three and a half months. I'm not completely done. I'm on like episode five or six or something. I just finished episode four. Evan, you said you finished. Oh, yeah. With nothing to do, I just pounded through that maybe in like three days. So is uh, Carol's husband in the septic tank or did tigers or did he get fed to the tigers? One thousand percent. It could be both. It is one thousand percent the tigers. There's no way it's not the tigers. (laughs) You know what? Despite all the evidence that they presented, you know what did it for me? I'm sorry, guys, if this is spoilers for you, but I don't understand how you haven't watched it all or at least enough to this point. It wasn't the evidence that they put forward. It's when they asked her and her response was like, oh, that would just be crazy. And I was like, oh, she did it. She 100% did it. <laughs> There's no way she didn't do it. Uh, okay. Oh. So uh, COVID-19, coronavirus, quarantine, self-isolation, et cetera, et cetera. The world has ground, grinded, ground, grounded. The world has grounded to a grinding halt. Um, two... Is it two Colorado Avalanche players have now been confirmed having tested positive? I believe that's it. Yes. So we're we're up to two uh, Colorado Avalanche players. The thing is, there's probably a lot more um, players who have tested positive or have it that just don't know, and that's just the reality of this. So that's to be expected. Nothing out of the norm for that virus doesn't really care whether you have millions of dollars or play hockey or not. So even our billionaire friend here, Evan is, is susceptible to uh, picking it up. Um, yes. But in cooler news, uh, Bauer, I believe it is, has transitioned uh, a couple factories or one of their main factories to making uh, face shields for medical personnel. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that was all my Twitter feed was for a day. Cause there's nothing else to talk about. It was just 900 stories about how Bauer's making face shields, which is great. Like, honestly, I'm super happy they're doing it. And it's great for, you know, the hockey community to get shed in a positive light. But, I mean, this is where we're at in the pandemic, where this is a big story. I think Ryan's talking on Ryan's, mute right now. Yeah, he's definitely talking while on mute. I 100% was talking on mute. Oh, <laughs> what a Rookie. Dweeb. What a dweeb I am. Oh, boy. So uh, that's really cool to see. I haven't heard too much else in terms of the world of hockey, any other updates. There haven't been any other, like, uh, crazy ideas for, um, like, draft lottery things. I know we talked about it a little bit on uh, the For Sure podcast that we featured on their last episode. They were uh, kind enough to have us on as guests. Nothing else has changed. Uh, we shared some wacky theories on that, so so go check that out. I don't know. Any other thoughts from you guys in terms of, like, whether – you think the league is going to come back, whether they have to start considering some different options, like what's likely in your head or just any prevailing thoughts that have been coming up. I think the ultimate, uh, what it's going to come down to is because all the sports are running into issues with, uh, being able to get it done. And specifically with the NBA and the NHL sharing arena space, whatnot, they're just going to, combine the four North American sports into one giant playoff. So the Red Wings might end up playing a basketball game against the Raptors or something like that. Just for one grandiose trophy, I think is what's going to happen. Would the bills have a better or worse chance in that case, Brad? Out of all the teams I cheer for currently, the Buffalo bills are by far the most successful team. And that is depressing on so many levels. 
what's sadder, that fact or the fact that there's no hockey right now? Yes. So people, uh, people keep asking people who have no interest in hockey, but just like know me or us personally, they keep asking like, what have you guys do, like done for content? Like, what have you guys been doing? And I think that's been the easiest part of the transition, right? Cause we didn't, we hated talking about the games before cause the game sucked. Yeah. The team was awful. I would get more enjoyment right now. If I had to watch Dylan Larkin step up to the plate at Comerica and try and hit a dinger or watch Jonathan Erickson try to guard Kevin Durant than I would have got from just about any point of hockey this season. The bad news is uh, with the draft being delayed and we don't know when the lottery is going to happen and we don't understand how if or when the league is going to come back, that's that's when things are going to get dicey. So. We can roll with with having to get creative for content, but <laughs> once we uh, start running dry on like our off season content is when it gets tricky, and with this this audio stuff. But again, that'll improve as time goes on. Uh, all right, so that's our COVID nineteen update, I guess. What are we going to call that? Our, our Corona. We should actually buy Coronas and crack one open for our. Uh, every episode for our, our Corona update and see if the update takes longer than it, what it takes to chug a bottle of Corona. Can we just call this segment the week and sad and just talk for 10 seconds and move on? Oh, that's actually reserved for the entire Red Wing season before the cancellation. Sorry. Cause we're now into early July, Mitch Marner contract talks. What was it that you want to kill me? Was it August? Like late August? But- by the time we got to mid-August, I was ready to actually stab you with the pen Mitch Marner used to sign the contract. Was your face more or less angry than Evan's resting face right now? Uh, yes. Hard, hard to keep up with that, so I wasn't quite there yet. <laughs> See, I don't get why I get all the comments about being an asshole other than the fact that I am an asshole. When Evan has a way worse like resting face in terms of like how grumpy and like just generally angry he looks. I'm uh, to say I'm been bored with my life is a complete understatement. You remember when you thought you were going to go golfing like two weeks ago? You <laughs> thought you'd be able to. Golf? Yeah. 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 I'm still uh, I'm still under the mindset that golf courses should be open right now. But oh that's probably a whole different topic. <laughs> oh, boy. Life comes at you fast, pal. Uh, all right some red wings news um it came out in just like a random uh, article i think it was a university of maine where jimmy howard played hockey he was being interviewed um and he let it uh or he dropped the fact that he wants to play another year which kind of runs counter to what we've been talking about in terms of he'll probably want to retire because he's so tired but uh from what it looks like he he thinks he's uh he believes he still has another season left in the tank and he doesn't want to uh hang it up quite yet that said, I didn't really quite get the vibes from him that you've seen from Red Wings players in the past where they say, oh, yeah, I want to play another year. Like, I'm going to be back in Detroit. And you think that, oh, the GM's made an arrangement with them. So I don't know. What I gleaned from it was he wants to play another year, but I think it's definitely not a guarantee that he comes back in Detroit. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, he might play another year, but I hope it's not at goalie. I mean, not to flame the guy like Jimmy Howard, but, uh, man, it even by this team's standards, he had an abysmal season. He didn't win a game after October. His save percentage, I think, was somewhere in the 300s. 
he might be back in Detroit, though. Like, legitimately, Detroit probably is the best suitor for him because we have Jonathan Bernier and then what? Yeah, if they can't go out and land uh, Robin Leonard, which at this point, like, why would you with Bernier playing this well? Um, you're not really expecting next season, whatever next season looks like, uh, to look that good because the team won't have changed that much. So, yes, the goalie combination this year was either extremely hot or more often rock bottom. Might as well Welcome keep back, it. Evan. Did he fall asleep? Were you asleep, Hello? buddy? <laughs> I, was, I was i was thinking about it it's funny enough that yawn that you heard wasn't evan it was brad because despite the seven times we talked about muting our mics when we weren't talking brad has not done it once on this call and you can't make me i think i actually might be able to mute you oh yeah i can that- mute you and that was me muting brad <laughs> you just about gave me an excuse to leave here and i was very excited for a few seconds yeah that's okay um yeah, I don't know. Do you think it's? Do you think fans will want to see? Uh, there's no one in the pipeline, right? Like nobody's even close to being ready. Larson's not ready, uh, very clearly. Um, Petrozelli's not even close to being there. Do you try your odds with? Um, who is the guy who's who's in the AHL right now? I can't remember his name. Calvin Pickard. Do you try with Calvin Pickard, or do you say no? I'll keep him in the A. From the Red Wings NHL standpoint, yeah, almost nobody in this system could be that much of a downgrade on the season Jimmy Howard put together this year. Pickard probably would still be bad, but not as bad. But then the issue isn't how bad is Calvin Pickard for the 20 to 30 games he plays in Detroit. It's who the hell is a starting goalie for Grand Rapids in a team that probably expects to compete uh, in the AHL next year. Larson did not show any signs he was ready this year, especially with how many injuries he had. So I can't say with any confidence he's going to be a starter next year. Even if Petrozelli lives Quinnipiac, he's not going to be the guy. So you'd have to find a depth goalie to be the AHL starter, which is probably the more likely scenario than signing a Robin Leonard or a Corey Crawford. It would be signed. I don't know, the 2020 equivalent of Joey McDonald to go down to Grand Rapids and be the starter so you can give Calvin Pickard a shot. But There's a name from yeah, the other lane. Right? But I, I still think the most likely scenario is Jimmy Howard's back one year. Bernier Howard Pickard is still the, the three guys. So we'll see. Yeah, sometimes the simplest solution is the best, even though... It may not be the best. It'll be easier than trying to flirt with some free agents and having to work through those details. It might just be easiest to say, here's a smaller contract. You're going to get shell-shocked. You didn't play well last year, but we'll give you money just to fill a need for right now. Yeah, give him a million bucks in my mind. He's not going to go out and win games. His body's very clearly not doing what it used to be able to. Um, You make Bernie the solid starter. You have Howard in there to play 30 games if you want him to uh not that this whole shutdown is definitely going to affect the next season in a way that matters to the red wings really um you still you you almost want to get away from that uncertainty though i think like howard's there it's a simple solution the team's not going to be a cup contender why change what's 
already broken i just i think what you would have to go with there it, it's not that it's not broken obviously it's very broken but it's not really there's not any options there that really make sense there's no young free agents that you can sign now and have um at their peak when the red wings come out of this rebuild bernier is your starter get howard as a holdover seems to be the consensus it's not going to be popular fans are going to hate that like people always get doesn't matter what part of a rebuild you're in people always get heated about goalies i know we get so much crap anytime we talk about goalies people are mad at howard or mad at bernie and mad at whoever but i don't think there's any way where the goalie situation is going to be any better than what it is this year and who really cares are we winning or contending next year no so if we don't have a prospect ready to come in and improve then sure howard come on down you thick bippy <laughs> you thick bippy he does have a thick bippy in the offseason that picture of him playing a uh, softball oh boy not, not a great look oh that's a fantastic look thicker oh, than a bowl of oatmeal barrel and a half he looks like how everyone in the he looked how everyone in the world looks right now i was just about to say that's what i'm gonna look like after this is all said and done Crystal made homemade funnel cake and donuts last night. It's been a rough day for me. I desperately need a gym. I looked in the mirror today and I actually went, oh, like I, <laughs> it was not. I am in desperate need of a gym. Yeah, we're uh, we're not ones to talk about how Jimmy Howard looks in the offseason. It's well deserved. But also, yeah, the, the planet's going to definitely need um, some uh, extended gym hours. What, you mean the fact that I ran for 15 minutes this morning doesn't make me an elite world-class athlete? Well, why the hell am I even bothering then? I'm telling you, I told you, man, you had it right the first time. Running for fun is for psychopaths. You shouldn't do it. Unless you're running from something. Actually, if you have your kids chase you, then it's worth it. You ever seen that uh, one video on YouTube that went viral uh, a couple years back, Scared Shitless Fitness? No. No. Oh, look it up. It is the funniest goddamn fake commercial ever, because... The whole concept is this guy creates a, like people hire him and submit their biggest fears to him. And then he just randomly shows up and chases them and they have to run. But the way he does it, it's art. It's beautiful. All right. We're going to move along to uh, some other Red Wings topics here, which is the uh, Jersey potential third Jersey updates. Now the Red Wings have been rumored to be adding a third or fourth, however you want to call the Jersey um, for a long time. They've never had an official third jersey. Um, they've had one-offs with like the Winter Classic or Stadium Series games or what have you, but they've never had an official third jersey in rotation how teams typically do. Um, so with this, we don't know whether this is going to be just like featured for a few games um, or whether it's just going to be like a, a normal third jersey thing. But I'm going to share my screen here. Um, so people watching on YouTube have uh, something to look at. Uh, this is what the third jersey is proposed to be. Um, the one, obviously, the Red Wings one on the left. It is a very old design. It's very simple. And you might be thinking, this is exactly like the Red Wings jersey. It's very, very similar. Um, <laughs> poor Aesthetics took so much heat that he used Applicator for the concept. Uh, but if you want to know, it's like the 1945 uh, or 19. 55 56 red wings so again i'm still sharing my screen here for those of you watching on youtube it's a very like clean classic look but extremely similar to the current red wings i don't know what do you guys think that is the jimmy howard of jerseys in a good way 
in a sense of I don't care. If you come, if it if we bring it in, okay. If we don't, okay. That one you showed uh, by accident, that that one you just pulled up, I think it had like silver on it. Yeah, that one again? is sweet. I'll pull a that one. Silver bar. Give me that. I'm here for it. Can you pull that up again? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, silver barber pole is definitely an upgrade. Like the those white jerseys, they're they're fine. I mean, they don't get me excited in any way to go out, run out, and buy twelve of them. I, those ones, the silver barber poles, I give like me those. that jersey all day. I like the uh, the captaincy uh, shape as well, the diamond shape. I actually really like the uh, the red collar. Well, the la- I guess it's like a blade collar. It's not really a true collar. Yeah, I'm also a big fan of that. This is a concept, uh, a color rush concept from E. Dunkel Designs. Um, he's been doing these uh, for a while for every team in the league. Bless him. Because <laughs> you open yourself up to a lot of heat. But yeah, it, it's kind of a oh, play yeah. on, on the Centennial Classic with the silver and white. Um, but with some barber pole effects and then the classic, yeah, like uh, Evan mentioned, the C and the diamond is really sweet. I agree, Evan. I like the the simpler collar. I think that's super cool. It's clean. nice. Yeah, it, just the whole symmetry and just clean design makes that jersey look so good. Now, like with jerseys, looking back at this one with the the classic one, I don't mind this. I would actually probably buy one of these because I think it's a clean classic look. But we're talking about Red Wings jerseys, and it, maybe it's just because we've been following this team for so long. I would like something a little bit more different than what the Red Wings currently have. And whether that's one of their previous winter classic designs, which I would love either of them or something like this, this concept we're talking about, or just flat out like the old barber pole or reverse barber pole. Uh, that would be my preference. Their jerseys are supposed to be fun or like maybe a little bit, I'll say risky, like try something. There are some bad third jerseys, but at least they tried something that maybe failed. But I'll give them props for, for putting it out there. I will pay all the money in the world for a reverse barber pull. Because I'm with Ryan. I want I want weird. I don't I want creative. I don't want more of what we already have. Yeah, exactly. I think the two of the nicest jerseys of all time are, are above my head here. Um, I can't tilt the camera up right now, but it's the uh, Wrigley Field Winter Classic jersey and the Big House Winter Classic jersey. Either one of those I would be over the moon about. And Barbara, Barbara Pole too, but either one of these I think are like two of the nicest jerseys of all time. I'd be fully down too for something brand new. Get weird. I don't care. It's... We're in. We're recording this podcast from home, talking about jerseys. Like, let's get weird with it. Make the jerseys purple and red, and have a giant octopus in the middle. For all I care. Sure, I'm all for it. The world might crash and burn, but it already is. So let's do it. A lot of people are calling for black, and imagine a black jersey with like a red alley octopus, or like red and purple alley octopus, at your face. I just okay. What is? Hey, we need New Jersey. Make it black. It's not creative. It's boring. Don't. I, I'll and take I don't, a stealth black version. If it's done well, I'll do a stealth black any day. I would do a full, full stealth black Red Wings jersey, like black and gray. But the thing is, those have already been done in that All-Star game a couple years ago. And Jimmy yeah. Howard, of all people, got to wear it. But <laughs> Yeah, I so, eh, whatever. I don't care that much. 
I regret so much not buying one of those Jimmy Howard jerseys when I had the chance. Um, okay, so we are going to move to our uh, prospect profile now. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit more about draft rankings in general, but I want to start off with this prospect profile. Uh, the last one we did was someone. It was a. It was like a top ten pick. I actually can't remember who it was. Perfetti. It was Perfetti, that's right. So for this one, we are going to go back onto defense, and we are going to talk about a pretty polarizing player um, in terms of defensive rankings, Jake Sanderson. So, uh, Brad, how about you kick us off before we head over to Evan on your thoughts on Jake Sanderson, left-handed defenseman out of the NTDP. You always hear those cliches in a draft. He's the safe pick. He's not flashy in any way, but he's just kind of really re- good and really reliable. Hi, meet the safe pick of the 2019-2020 draft. It's Jake Sanderson. Adequate in every aspect of the game. Um, not flashy at all. Produces more than you think he would, given his skill set. So the WWP Spotlight Hockey IQ is definitely there. Uh, plays with a bit of an edge, which is nice for a defenseman, especially if he's not going to be a super high-impact defenseman. So I think he could slot, I think he's going to slot very nicely as a number three, four defenseman on most teams once he reaches his potential. But I think that's his cap. If he gets beyond that, good for him, but I wouldn't be betting on it, which means if I think that's his peak, I'm not overly excited to spend a first round draft pick on it. But if he's still there at 32, I'd be thrilled. Um, yeah, he's basically the safe pick of this draft and there's going to be a lot of teams that go all over him because he's arguably the second best option behind Jamie Drysdale. So he'll be gone quick. Um, so if, depending on what the ranking is, he might go in the top 10. Um, he's not very fast, but he's, he's got good agility in his own end He's got decent size, doesn't stray away from laying guys out. He's got great hockey IQ. He moves the puck pretty well. He's got an okay shot. He plays defense rather well at the current level he's playing. He'll be a three to four, maybe a two if the stars align. Um, And a lot of teams are okay with that. Um, He could end up just being a guy who eats a ton of minutes and gets... 30 40 points every year and he could have a long career doing that teams like players like that if yeah well if if jake sanderson's a guy who could get 30 40 points a year while playing defense as well as he's projected to i think teams would be thrilled um i I think his offensive upside is the biggest reason why you don't see him as a consensus top 15 or even top 20 pick um i know some people have him late first round some people have him out of the first round some people have him as one of those classic risers that that go top 10 like maybe eight or nine or ten when you wouldn't expect him to you you guys have have touched on all the points like he's a good skater uh he's a really good defender his offensive upside is just not there and it's it's kind of that situation of is this something you can kind of learn into him or um are we looking at someone who's going to be like at best a number four who's going to play higher on a team that needs it and like you said evan like teams are going to want that Teams who are struggling at defense aren't going to try to find the perfect defenseman every time. They're going to try and pick a guy who can at least fill as much of their holes as possible. Um, you want a case in point, the Detroit Red Wings with Moritz Sider. They drafted a guy who 
had question marks around his offensive game because it, it was a pretty big unknown. Like Germany wasn't a well-scouted league. Uh, he wasn't getting a world of minutes, uh, but they took him anyways. That seems to be working out okay for them right now. Still almost all completely potential, but at the same time, uh, yeah, it seems like teams are willing to take that risk. I don't know. I, I, I like him. I I don't know if by the time this is all said and done and we actually have a draft date, he'll be the second-ranked defenseman. I, I'd probably differ from Evan on that. I think he'd probably be more likely to see a Poirier go higher. Brad, you named someone last episode, like a defenseman, who you thought would go higher. Emil Andre. Yeah, I think there's a few different contenders. But at the same time, like I think if he goes 25, if he goes 30, if he goes 35, that would be a great pick in that range. Um, and if, for those of you who are asking you know, a dream second round pick who is actually realistic, who could fall, even though it might not be likely. Jake Sanderson falling to pick um, 32 for Detroit. 32, right? I always get mixed up with the amount of teams. There is no chance he drops that far. He will be gone before 20. And, And there it is. This is the moment. I can officially say we just had the exact same conversation about Jake Sanderson that we had about Mo Sider last year. I did don't we, remember at all. <laughs> I, did we say? I thought we said Mo Sider was. Po- oh no, we started talking about Mo Sider, and we were like, "Yeah, but now that we're talking about him, and everyone like is reading all the spotlights that are coming out, he's not going to go. We're not going to be able to get him in the second. And we weren't wrong. <laughs> he definitely didn't make it to the second. And we were talking about that safe stay-at-home defenseman who teams are going to love, and is probably going to rise up because X, Y, and Z. And I mean, we were wrong about who Mo Sider was as a player, so that made us a lot happier about the pick. But maybe, maybe this is uh, Mo Sider 2.0. Although I don't think Sanderson's raw tools are as intriguing as Sider's was, because I believe Sider's bigger and is a much better skater than Sanderson is. It also helps that Sider is literally a redwood tree, which is an attribute that most players struggle with. Uh, okay. So that is our prospect profile on Jake Sanderson. If you guys had to give your best guess, like a pick or like a range within a few picks, where do you think he goes? Evan, you kick us off. Um, I think he's he won't make it twenty. I thought I I said conservatively. I think he'll be. I wouldn't be sh- I wouldn't be shocked to see him go in the top ten, depending on the order. But I would imagine he's somewhere around. 12 to 15 i'll say 11 just for the hell of it i think i agree with you guys he's going above 15 i'd probably put him in the i was gonna say 12 to 15 i'll go 13 as, to 16 range as soon as the defensemen start falling off the board teams who are even remotely contemplating a defenseman they panic and they take them yeah that happens every year Players move up or defensemen move up teams draft boards based on need every single time. And then you couple that with the panicking. It's like when you're drafting goalies in fantasy hockey leagues. One person grabs a goalie and then everyone else. Evan, uh, like, what do you get? Should I, everyone will be like, oh, I guess now's when we take goalies. And then and then like four picks in a row are goalies. Or, and so I think that that's what will happen again this year with the draft. Evan, what are you doing down your lap there that you uh, – my lap? Yeah. Was that your cat? No. You'd hear him. We should He's been on the warpath lately for us disrupting his <laughs> his daytime napping. That's how I feel a lot. Mel has a lot of like real work to do, and it's not been nice. 
the fact that Evan only told us what isn't in his lap and not what was actually going on there is mildly concerning. I don't even know. Could be anything. I think it's so we can make it past the YouTube filters. He's he's sparing us from uh, getting demonetized in this video. We need that cold hard dollar on this video. Uh, Okay. So we are going to do another bracket. Uh, A couple of, or a few episodes ago, we did the top 16 or the last 16 um, fourth overall picks. And we ran a March Madness bracket for uh, what was the best fourth overall pick because that was the Red Wings most likely pick. Uh, we're going to do that again, but we're, we, took, we took the last 16 third overall picks. So that's actually the Red Wings least likely pick, but we're just going to go um, in backwards order here. Um, and I think this is going to be a pretty interesting finale just from taking a look at it. Uh, I have randomized the seeding of the past uh, 16 uh, third overall picks. So there's completely random matchups um, and we're going to go through and decide um it's going to be a two to one vote on who goes through, and then we're going to try and generate who the uh, the best third overall pick of the last sixteen seasons is. So, in no particular order, we have uh, Yasperi Kotkaniemi, Cam Barker, Kirby Doc, Eric Goodbranson, Miro Heiskanen, Kyle Turris, Leon Dreisaitl, Dylan Strome, Matt Duchesne, Zach Bogosian, Pierre Luc Dubois, Jack Johnson, Jonathan Taves, Jonathan Drouin. Alex Galchenyuk, and Jonathan Huberdeau. So those are our 16 third overall picks, and we are going to go through and uh, put them through our paces here. Um, all right, first matchup, we have Yasperi Kotkaniemi against Cam Barker. That's a hard one. Okay, next. Evan? Who is Cam Barker? And Kotkaniemi wins. Uh, <laughs> our next matchup, Kirby Doc versus Eric Goodbranson. Doc, Goodbranson's uh, yes. terrible. Yeah, Doc's the easiest pick there. Goodbranson might be in the running for one of the worst third overall picks at value ever. Uh, Miro Heiskanen versus Kyle Turris. That's actually an interesting one. No, it's not. It's Miro Heiskanen. Why is it not even interesting? Kyle Turris has, has established more. Heiskanen's still a little bit more of an unknown. I agree with you for the record. Uh, like Kyle Turris has had a fine career and has been a productive player for most of it, ignoring his current bad contract aside. He'd be someone you'd be very happy with his results if you picked him in the middle of the first round. All yeah, right. it's Miro Heiskinen. Let's Mira move Heis- on. Miro Heiskinen it is. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl versus Dylan Strom. Next. <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl wins. Uh, Matt Duchesne versus Zach Bogosian. Next. Next. You guys, <laughs> I hate you guys so much. Matt Duchesne moves through. Pierre-Luc Dubois versus Jack, Jack Johnson. Next. Why? No, no, no. No. <laughs> Who wins that one, Brad? Dubois, obviously. Jack Johnson is terrible. You got to tell people these things. Not everyone's aware. You got you to gotta walk them through it. Uh, Jonathan Taves uh, versus Jonathan Druin. I understand. Yes, Taves next. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk versus Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, Huberdeau, obviously, because he's good at hockey. And I'm actually a Galchenyuk apologist. Uh, I've made that on record, but this one's not even a debate as well. So next. All right. I'm going to pick. Uh, we are now into our uh, final eight here. So I'm going to pick random matchups. Matt Duchesne versus Pierre-Luc Dubois. Matty Ducci's. Evan, what about yeah, you? His, his body of work is still greater and I think might 
forever be greater. Oh, yeah, I'm sticking with Duchesne. I think Dubois' trajectory is very good if his career numbers align with what Duchesne's have been already. So when that's the thought process in my head, I have to go with Duchesne. Yeah, I'm going to go Duchesne here as well. Um, I don't think it's impossible for Dubois to surpass him, but it's not such a certainty where it's like a next moment I think he has to go through there. All right, uh, Miro Heiskanen versus Leon Dreisaitl. It sucks for Heiskanen, but that's Dreisaitl without, with no contest. Yeah, like we're... Well, I'm not going to have any spoilers for the end here, but yeah, next. <laughs> uh, Jesperi Kotkinemi versus Kirby Doc. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I hated both those picks at number three, and none of them have had enough time to prove me wrong yet. So I'm going to go with... Doc, I think he's got the higher ceiling. I mean, Kanyemi's in his second season and got sent to Laval before the season was up, which is, I mean, the Pooley-Yarvi treatment, which isn't a good sign already. Um, I mean, Doc's got the potential to keep growing, and nobody in Chicago seemed unhappy with him this year, despite some pretty mediocre productions. So, And I like his tools better, so I'm going to go with Doc. Yeah, it's got to be Doc. His, his frame is better. I think he's going to have more upside than Kotkinemi. And Montreal's really kind of thrown him under the bus in terms of his development as a teenager. So haven't heard anything bad about Doc other than maybe a little bit less uh, production than what people would have hoped. But if that's your rookie season, then that's not bad. Yeah, it sucks for like what Evan mentioned. Kotkiniemi was needed right away by the team, even though maybe he wasn't the right kind of player to, to jump into the league right away. Um, and I don't think he's been bad. But yeah, I've been really impressed by Doc. The physical tools are there. And if he continues to prove his doubters wrong, he'll be a substantial centerman in this league. Chicago is annoying how they keep finding those, but there you go. Uh, speaking of Chicago, Jonathan Tazeris, Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, which is a really, really unfortunate matchup because Huberdeau's, in my mind, likely to lose in the round of eight here, even though he sh- he is one of the best third overall picks of the past 16 years. But there's no way Jonathan Taze loses this, right? I mean, Taze's body work is incredible. The The argument you could have here is right now Jonathan Huberto is one of the best players on the face of this earth. And if anybody doesn't agree with that statement, seriously, go look up his numbers from the last couple of years. This guy is one of the top wingers in the NHL top, arguably top three. He's unbelievable, but taste has three cups as the captain, even though Kane is the ultimate driver on that bus. Taze isn't far behind. So you have to go taste. Yeah, that. That his body of work is insane, and you would be wrong to not pick him. It's hard because, like, like Brad mentioned, Kane and, and Keith when he was still good, and Seabrook when he was um, when he was still good, and all the other pieces on those teams. Hosa, like, it wasn't just Taze that drove him to those cups, but then you think about what Taze has done in terms of uh, international play, all those Stanley Cups, captaining that team, uh, rebounding when people wrote him off uh, just a couple of years ago in his career. Brad's right though. Like he's one of the best. Huberto is one of the best players on the planet right now that people don't really pay attention to. But is that enough to push him past? No. 
And even will that be enough by the end of his career? I don't know, because I don't know if he has those that same surrounding cast to, to accelerate him to those or push him up to those three cups and all those other accomplishments. So, yeah, it's got to be Taves here. And it sucks because Huberto really is, in my mind, like a top three overall seed here. Um, okay, last or final four here. We have uh, Kirby Doc versus Leon Dreisaitl. I know this is so obvious. Next. Leon Dreisaitl. Next. It's Leon Dreisaitl versus Jonathan Taves. Right. Who did Taves take out in the semis here? Uh, Taves took out Matt Duchesne because I thought that was an obvious. Yeah, it's obvious enough. Yeah, that's fine. So uh, Taves versus Dreisaitl finale. Who are you going with here? Uh, Leon Dreisaitl probably should win the Hart Trophy this year. If not, he's a contender for it. I don't know if Jonathan Taves ever got to that peak in his career. I think coupled with McDavid, Edmonton has... The potential, I'm not saying they will before main jumps on me, the potential to go on a Chicago-like run over the next 10 years. So I, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Tay's ever put up 100 points in a season. Dry settles on pace for about a buck 25 this year. He put up over 150 goals last year. Jonathan Tay's was never Sorry, one of the Sorry, he put up 150 best. goals? That's wild. <laughs> Sorry, 100 points and 50 goals. Um but I don't know if Jonathan Taze at any point in his career was a, a legitimate top five player on the planet right now. Dreisaitl absolutely, absolutely is right now. And you could argue he's the best. I'd have him three or four, but you could make the case he's higher than that. I'm actually surprised. I'm looking at Jonathan Taves' total points uh, in his career. He's a lot lower than I thought. His best year was 81 total points. Um, let me go back to 2007. He had 54 points, then 69, nice, 68, 76, 57, 48, 68, 66, 58, 58, 52, 81, 60. That is a lot lower than I thought it was. Yeah, he's more often been touted as that kind of two-way, uh, all-around centerman or, or responsible player. So, Mind yeah. you, he's never gotten less than 20 goals in his career in the NHL as really? a two-way centerman. Yes, every single year. Uh, 24, 34, 25, 32, 29, 30, 23, 28, 28, 28, 21, 20, 35, 18 this year. So you're a GM. And in, in some obscure universe, Jonathan Taves and Leon Dreisaitl aren't in the NHL yet. But you know that Jonathan Taves can, not definitely will, because you don't want to guarantee cups because that makes it an easy answer, but can accomplish what he has accomplished to date in his career. All those international accolades, three Stanley Cups, um, everything else, his entire body of work. But for Leon Dreisaitl, you only know what he's done so far. So you, you know that he can put be this like 125-point player. Which one do you pick if you're on the clock? Dreisaitl, 100 out of 100 times. Because if Dreisaitl didn't play for the Edmonton Oilers and Team Germany, he'd already probably have a bunch of those accolades. Yeah, if you put them in juniors at the same time and they're in the same tournaments as one another, I think people would still pick Taves because of those insane moments he had. And the fact that he won a ton of, ter- of those junior tournaments. So I think the spotlight was greater on him and teams would still pick him. Um, I'd hate to be the one who has to make that decision, though. 
<laughs> so it looks like uh, we're going for a split here. I lean towards Brad understanding that I think we're just I don't even think we're just un- like not appreciating the past. I think like we like we were very well aware and we grew up with the Taves era, or he was at least one of the eras that we grew up with. So I don't think it's not appreciating him. But yeah, if, if Drysaddle can continue to do what he's doing and, and be that perennial hundred point player, like he's arguably the second or third best player on the planet, you have to choose that unless there's like a guarantee that the cups come. It's hard to discredit three Stanley Cups, but at the same time, like Patty Kane, Marion Hosa, you know. Keith, he also has he a con Smythe. Yeah, he does have a con Smythe. It's that's a tough one. Those are, that's a very good final matchup for for best third overall pick. I think it's got to go dry settle, and if it doesn't end up being dry settle by the end of the career, it'll be because of one of two reasons: some catastrophic drop off due to injury or something else, um, or he doesn't get the cups because Edmonton is perennially cursed. But if you if you want just the best player, I think it's got to be objectively dry settle here. The best way to put this in perspective is make Taze and dry settle the same age. Go back to when Chicago had all those runs. Take Taze out of the lineup and drop dry settle in. Do you think they win any less cups? That's a good point. Yeah, I think they win probably another one. I, not another one because that's horrendous to think about, but <laughs> maybe another one. Uh, all right. Uh, if that's all we have for now, I'm going to shift us along to overtime. Um, where on, we're going to start off with patrons. Our Patreon supporters are the reason we are able to, uh, run this whole podcast even remotely. Why we're able to, uh, get some nicer, uh, remote recording mics in so you guys don't have to listen to this terrible audio every single time. Uh, hopefully by next episode that's sorted. So thank you all. Uh, we're going to start with Kyle Sander, who says, Howdy, boys. Got a few more questions of Rapid Fire. Last book to make you cry. Oh, God. Um, probably the Deathly Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, honestly. I was super upset when Fred died. I'm sorry for anyone who hasn't read the books. Has a book you ever made? read books? I was going to say, have you guys ever read a book and cried? All of them, because I can't read. And every book <laughs> reminds me of that fact. Uh, favorite movie, either best movie or one for rewatchability. Inglorious Bastards. I'm a super big fan of uh, either Arrival or what's the other one where they went to space? Interstellar. You can rewatch Interstellar. How many? F- well, now you have a lot of free hours, but before, <laughs> how the hell does anyone rewatch Interstellar? In terms of time and emotionally, I can regenerate my ability to watch it like once every four months. So once every that trimester. That is insane. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about the Bauer face shields. How do you motivate yourself to be productive? <laughs> you eventually Good question. Don't. I'm looking for those tips. <laughs> <laughs> you get bored of, of being bored, so you eventually just trick yourself into doing stuff. Uh, how many fingers am I holding up right now? Uh, 69, I'll answer for all of us. Um, what was your last mental breakdown? Uh, that's <laughs> coming in a few kids. minutes. Four hours ago. It's been running for about 45 minutes. Um, what's the last song that you listened to? Uh, Fortunate Son. It was the last one that I listened to. Ear Kitty Kitty by The King. Brad? Brad, was it... Uh, which I don't know how I got down this rabbit hole on YouTube, but um, Bodies by Drowning Pool. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, actually, it's probably a Cronwall highlight video. 
<laughs> Brad watches it to put himself to sleep every night. It really does help. Uh, actually, Terry says, hello, Winged Wheel podcast and listeners. Due to the ongoing chaos of COVID-19, I've been forced to resort to listening to more and more dribble to prevent insanity. So here I am yet again, reduced to participating in this hockey podcast of yours. I doubt you'll have an informed opinion on this, but what the expletive, this is still a family show, uh, what what is the single best signal from prospects in the offseason that indicates significant improvement? Are we talking about like reflecting upon their season that just was? No, no. Like something that happens in the offseason that says, okay, those guys have improved. Nothing. Not a goddamn thing in the offseason. <laughs> what, are we going to watch their workout videos and go, oh, Joe Valeno's bench got up to 225. Good for him. Well, no, but you can talk about things like, oh, he came to training camp and he's you know 15 pounds heavier and it doesn't seem like he's lost a step. Or um, he spent the entire summer in Detroit training like Dennis Chalosky did, things like that. Unless you just mean what's the best signal in general that the prospect has improved. I don't know. Like, let, let's say you're watching Mo Sider in training camp last season. What do you look forward, look to, uh, look from, from Mo Sider to see what's the difference between him in Germany and him now in his first try at the Red Wings? It's such a dumb, obvious answer, but I want to see overall improvement from his game. If if there's a prospect who has, there's there's two things I would look for if you want to get hyper specific. A, what's the player's strength, and has that gotten much better? So like Mo Sider with his skating, you would hope that his skating hadn't plateaued at 18 years old, and that's what makes him truly elite. So you want to see his skating continue to progress because that's what's going to make him his money in the NHL. And B, is his biggest efficiency at least competent now? Because you know you're not going to spend most of your time working on what you're bad at because that's not how you're going to make it in the NHL. But for a guy like Mo Sider, let's say it was his point shot, even though that's not it. Does that look passable by the end of the season? Uh, watching the world burn, actually, Terry. Like, I'm really freaking Terry, your tool sheds. Yeah, I'm sure Terry would say tool sheds, huh? Getting a little bit suspicious. I'm not sure if this is actually Terry. Uh, Alex Zucco says, hey, dub dub dudes, here's a hockey question and a non-hockey question. Uh, if you're CVY, would you start building back towards being competitive by bringing in the long-term answer, answer and goal sooner rather than later? Or would you wait to the very end of the rebuild to add in a top-notch goalie? Wait to find a goalie, and you don't even need it to be a top-notch goalie. Look through at the NHL. A lot of the top goalies this year were not the big names, big dollar contracts. If you can get by on a really good goalie on a team-friendly contract because it's an ELC or it's a Robin Leonard story who he was bad and then got really, really good because reasons X, Y, and Z, wait it out on goalies. Don't overthink goalies. Um, what is each of our go-to drink? Uh, if I had to guess, I'm pegging Ryan as a gin and tonic guy, Brad as a Molson guy, and Evan as a ginger ale man. I'm I actually love beer. Like we have a keg in the basement. I'm, beer is always, always, always my go-to. Beer is always beer is always my go-to, but I'm offended it's a Molson. I do like gin and tonics. Uh, stay safe and thanks for everything you guys do. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys still pumping out content and helping us all still experience that small sliver of normalcy twice a week. Uh, stay safe and stay healthy, Alex and Grand Rapids. Dead Panda Society says to continue uh, my last comment. What is your opinion of the most overrated player in Red Wings history? The whole quarantine isn't as bad for people who are introverts, but I do miss people. Thanks for giving us something to look forward to when there isn't anything else. 
most overrated Red Wing of all time. Ooh, that's going to be a divisive one. Is that, like, I don't know. Who do you even go with? If anyone says Gordy Howe, I'm fighting him. Do you go with, like, a <sighs> Michael Samuelson? Do you go with, like, a Thomas Holmstrom here? Like, what do you say? I'm going with Yuri Hoodler. As soon as he left Detroit, what, one, maybe one and a half good seasons and then out of the league. I always argued that he was being carried by the team and he wasn't as good as everybody made him out to be. And with now there's rumored to be other reasons he flamed out of the NHL. So I'm not going to touch that. But I was him and Michael Samuelson. I was never a big fan of even in the cup run. I'll actually say this, even though he's been taking a lot of heat over the last few years. I think even when Jonathan Erickson was supposed to be quote unquote good, uh, it just wasn't there for me. I think he's overrating him is what got him that initial brutal contract. So I don't think the fan base ever overrated him. We all hated that contract. day one. Uh, I don't know. That's man. like that. Oh yeah. You know, who's overrated? Uh, Justin Abdelkader. He got that $30 million there. Don't know why they did that. I feel like I talked to a lot of people. Or I did talk to a lot of people, but uh, who who thought Jonathan Erickson was decent. I always got the Jonathan Erickson is passable. He's not terrible. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. All, just, all three of those people you talk to, it could be. It I could think me in my head, yeah. I think uh, maybe this is divisive. I'm not sure, but maybe it's Chris Osgood. Whoa, that is divisive. But you know what? That's a. I like that. That's a spicy answer. I'm not sure if I agree. I, it's a good answer. I, I cop out on this because I fall in the in-between crowd. I do think Chris Osgood was a very, 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 very above-average goalie, but I don't think he was a Hall of Fame goalie. But yeah, I could I could see that argument. Half the people are going to yell at you for that, and half the people are going to so completely agree played, with you on that. He played two seasons with, or he played with the New York Islanders and St. Louis Blues. When he played his first year with the Islanders, he had a 250 save percentage. His next year, he was 292 with an 894. And St. Louis, he was 305 with an 888. And then his last year uh, with St. Louis was 224-910. So those aren't great. He played behind some really good teams. I could, I could, I would definitely hear an argument for Chris Osgood being the most overrated Red Wings player of all time. Uh, you're going to get some responses to that, and I think that's actually going to be a really good conversation. Um, Jeff Lehman says, hey, boys, I'm a runner first. I know hours upon hours of the C word. Uh, what the hell do you do, Jim? What the hell do you gym rats do during lockdown? I usually go to a gym to build core and back strength for stability during runs, but I'm at a loss for what to do at home. Push-ups? Thanks for the content, boys. So I've been doing a lot of shoulder rehab. That's been... Uh going well the problem is all i have at home is a band i don't have any dumbbells or anything so i've been doing a lot of core work a lot of push-ups and a lot of shoulder stuff with the bands and that's about it i again i started running again which i hate with every fiber of my being and i can't wait till i can get back to the gym and do some interval bullshit so i don't have to actually go out and interact with my neighborhood but that won't happen anytime soon you guys work out? I thought we had to stay in our house. Yeah, I, I can't do at-home workouts. It's I get. I rather would just sit and be bored than do an at-home workout. I rode the bike for three days and I haven't touched it since. Uh, Liz B says, "So who in the crap decided to make the past week 
game seven 2009 week not cool things suck enough right now we don't need to keep being reminded of the game on top of it i dislike max talbot very much twice i've had a chance to see detroit win the cup in person and twice he's ruined it he tied game five and 08 and of course both goals in 09 so he could suck it that game five loss in 08 bothers me more than the game seven 34.3 seconds away from the wings winning it at home and they never uh they never had a lead in game seven not a season ticket holder i just happened to buy the tickets for those particular games before the season started or the series started i also went to game two in 08 so i saw them at least win one cup final game at home honestly didn't even think 09 was going to go to seven i thought detroit was going to win in six again yeah well they jumped up to that two nothing lead right like that i hate thinking about that series they should have had it uh i have no idea what you guys are talking about yeah Ryan Avina says the only good thing to come to come from being stuck inside is thanks to your talking about it, um, sitting down and watching Letterkenny. Got through eight seasons in a week and can confirm that the show is awesome. I was sad when I finished. Pitter patter, boys. Eight seasons. Oh man, that's a that's a marathon. Good for you. Uh, Peter Ploshansky says, "Hey guys, thanks for the GoFundMe retweet. My wife's restaurant Elski broke their goal and they're still going. Very strange, both being unemployed." Uh, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't enjoying the time away from work. Uh, holding three picks in the second round, who are a couple of guys you're looking at? Currently trying to research as many prospects as possible with all this free time. Brad, do you want to rattle off a few uh, potential second round picks? Not particularly. It's hard. Like We just talked about Jake Sanderson is probably going to go like 11 or 12, but he's been a guy who's been ranked outside the first round. Last year we talked about more Sider being the same thing where like we'd like it if he was there at 30 whatever um but he'll probably go 12 and he ended up going six to detroit so um it's all very very different um we just had that interview with scouting where he mentioned a few of those picks so i, I would suggest listening to that and we're of course going to be bringing up um, more and more so uh keep your eye out or keep your ears out i should say and then um yeah it, it'll come up it's just so hard to project right now I'm trying to pull up one of my lists now quickly. Uh, just taking a peek here at particular second-round picks that I'm big on. Uh, J.J. Paterka, maybe uh, Helga Granz, uh, Maverick Bork I'm a big fan of, but I see he's starting to sneak into some first-round projections, so that might not happen. Here's uh, one. Uh, James Hardy, Mississauga Steelheads. Leads the team in goals. He's 18. He's 5'11", 160 pounds. Take him in the second, late second, third round. Whatever. There you go. He's got it. Uh, Roe Exotic says, Howdy, cool cats and kittens. It is I, the world-famous Roe Exotic, the one true tiger king. Curious which one of you three would be the most likely to put their arm in a tiger cage and have it mauled off. Probably Kevin, eh? Yeah, I agree. I think that would be Evan. I don't know. I, I wouldn't stick my arm in a tiger cage. I don't think Brad would either. Have you ever seen tigers in real life? Uh, maybe I went to a zoo as a kid. I'm not sure. Why? Sleeping. But they're huge. I remember I was at the Calgary Zoo, and it they had like the little um, they're basically doing like the tug of war with the tiger, but it was tied to a tree stump and it was just pulling the tree stump around. Like it weighed nothing. <laughs> they are the biggest animals I've ever seen in my life that I thought weren't that big. They're massive. Uh, John Finley is clearly a hockey player. Dude has no teeth. 
Joe Exotic is a redneck grown-up Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, so the pod account posted the aesthetics leak of a Wings alternate jersey based on the 1950s style. And after jumping into the comments of that thread, I can confirm I was correct last episode. Young people have no taste. The jersey is fantastic. It has throws at the centennial, which is amazing in person. Um, and in keeping with the wings, it doesn't stray too far from the traditional winged wheel designs. I, for one, would be very happy with this as an alt. And as for the people screaming for a black jersey, I really struggle to get behind that. Somebody thinks that they're going to walk in here and disagree with me having jerseys that takes that are wrong. It's going to be a small way go. Girlfriend slash wife swap time. Mel goes to live with Brad. Crystal goes to live with Ryan. Who kills first? Who kills who first and, and how? Uh, as nice as Mel is, I don't think I make it 48 hours. I don't think so either. Although it's cause you two, you two talk about the same amount. I think Crystal and I are both down to just like mellow and chill and just do our own thing. And I think that's why that would last longer. There, uh, there's a re- a strong chance that you and Crystal could be in the same building for a full week and never actually see each other. That's my vibe right there. Actually, I think Evan would survive that as well. Uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Stay fresh, but also hygienic cheese bags. Adam Flett says, so on board, 15 days of isolation with only one hour out of the house per day has taken its toll. So I thought I'd get your opinions on who you would have drafted both at the time and with hindsight for the Wings with their first round pick in the last five years. All the best boys and stay clean. Five years, uh, just so we don't like muck about trying to find those uh, drafts. I, let's go pick, like, let's pick 2018. Uh, the year Detroit picked Philip Zadina. Let's say Philip Zadina is off the board. Who would you guys have gone with? Uh, Quinn Hughes. In Real retro- tough one there. In retrospect, yeah. yeah, Quinn Hughes. But at the time, who did you want? Assuming like I think we were torn between Bouchard, Boakfist, and Hughes, and I think I was leaning Bouchard at the time. I was leaning Bouchard as well. I think you actually made a lot of good points about Bouchard that swayed me and, you know, watching him. He kind of, he kind of did or is projected to do what most siders for the Red Wings, which is a lot of everything. Um, but I was a big fan of Boakfist as well. He was like, admittedly, like was my third place out of those three. Uh, yeah, I can't even remember. I think Bouchard was probably our consensus pick out of like combined between the three of us. Yeah. John Evans says, hello, gentlemen, greetings from Ohio, thinking a lot about what remains of the season yet to be canceled. What if they cancel the season and have a World Cup prior to the next season? This way, we don't need some goofy asterisk on a Stanley Cup playoff and the league gets to make up some revenue at lost. Crazy or not? I don't know. I don't want to complain about more hockey, but I, I I don't care about World Cups. I'd rather the Stanley Cup asterisk, honestly. Yeah. Everyone... Everything in the world is going to be is going to have an asterisk on it because of this. Why does the NHL have to pretend that it's not weird? It's weird for everyone. Take the asterisk. We're going to make the most of the season if they can come back. And if they can't, they can't. Like, it is what it is. I um, wouldn't be thrilled about that, but I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of, of the World Cup in general. Uh, Nick Putty says, hey, boys, Ryan, I see you're uh, getting on NHL 20. Here's a tip. If you enjoyed how the season played out, use the wings on Difficulty Pro and you'll experience deja vu. Change to semi-pro and you can relive the glory days of steamrolling teams all season long. I'm currently in the first round against the Bruins and have fought Marchand three times. Every time you get close to knocking him out, he just tackles you like the rat bastard he is and gives him and they give him the win. Anyways, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys have planned with NHL 20 with a podcast, maybe a Chelly. Keep up the good work. 
it's a struggle for everyone right now, but you guys are still pumping out content. Much appreciated, Nick. Uh, Chris says, uh, hey, chilling in Alaska now. Shout out if there's any other Wings fans up here. Anyway, stuck in a hotel for quarantine for the next two weeks of so playing a lot of NHL and Xbox. Question, getting ready for the draft. I only recently got into looking at our prospects um, and didn't know the names of our second rounders last year. For the second and third rounds, what is bigger for the Wings? Take a solid depth forward or swing the fence, swing for the fences um, on someone who has a lot of potential but might not make the NHL. Any goalies in the draft that you sw- Yeah, go ahead, Brad. Swing, swing, always swing. Talent wins out over every other characteristic as long as you get a good system in place for them to abide. Any goalies in the draft that you think the Wings should look at? We have a chance to burn a second rounder if there's a stud outside of Askarov. I know normally goalies are looked at third and the fourth. Thanks for the podcast. Nico Dawes. Nico Dawes, and there's someone else that I'll try to pull up their name is up there. Um, but yeah, not in the, not for me, not in the second round. I don't know if Evan has anyone else. And I was I looking I very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Stan Olson says, hey guys, hope all is well. Pretend you are Stevie and you have five hex seeds for COVID-19. You can give uh, to each, either players in the organization or a scout, coach, management, etc., but only five. Who are you guys saving? And thanks for all the hard work. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Anybody... Th- so I assuming since Stevie's handing him out, we don't need to save Stevie, which means, we, yeah. So then that gives us five more. Uh, Larkin, Mantha, Bertuzzi, obviously. Uh, and then I'll go Zadina and Cider. Yeah, if it's got to be. Um if you have to, if you, if Eisman would have to take one himself, I think Eisman deserves to get one. Um, but yeah, Larkin, Mantha, Zadina, Cider, Eisman would be my picks. And then if not, um, if not Eisman, then I put Heronic in there over Bertuzzi. Oh, and another goalie to look for is um, Jan Bed uh, Jan Bednar, and then there's someone else. I can't remember who it is. Uh, Evan, who would you save with the COVID-19? I'm sorry, what was the question? Who would you save with a COVID-19 immunity or a vaccine? Who would I save on the team currently? Yeah, five five people. Coaches, GMs, etc. That kind of thing. Iserman, Larkin, Bertuzzi, Veronik, Mantha. That's five. There you go. Sorry, uh, Jeff, you didn't make the cut. Stan Olson. Oh, that was our comment from Stan Olson. We have time for a couple comments from Reddit. Zaptrez, damn it, says, so if and when the cap falls, what team will still be in cap hell uh, with and or compliance buyouts that we can fleece? So what team can the Red Wings look to fleece for next season uh, with their weaponized cap space? Tampa and Toronto don't even need to leave the division. I think Dallas and St. Louis are up there as well. Vancouver and Philly are going to need help. Um, Chicago might need help. Um, Florida might need a little bit of help. There's a lot of those top-end teams that might need it, but in terms of who you can actually do it, yeah, I think, Brad, you hit the nail on the head there. There's a lot of teams that are holding a lot of LTIRs as well. Toronto's got four. Philly's got four. There's one team with five. That's the Detroit Red Wings. Never mind. (laughs) Uh, Red, never Red count Wings. out Jim Benning either. 
Red Wings 1023 uh, is pretty much asking, is it overrating Dylan Larkin, prime Dylan Larkin, to think he will be a Taves caliber two-way center? Is that an overrating it? I mean, he's had statistical seasons better than Taves already, so no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it's a massive overrate, I think once you talk about that body of work, though, that's when you're starting to see a little bit of separation. But in terms of talent, like, if Taves' ceiling is 81 points, that's probably close to where Larkin's is, right? Like, he had he was on an 80-point pace just last season, I think it was. So, yeah, I don't think it's terribly far off. Um, I am um, just... This is funny. I just pulled up a uh, NHL player comparison of Dylan Larkin from the draft. Uh, this website said his player comparable is Ryan Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> he was the league was not as high on Dylan Larkin back then. A lot of his heat came after he was drafted. Um, we have a question from Ruth on Twitter says, "In all seriousness, is is Evan okay?" No. You're healthy, though. I've never chipped around my 60-degree wedge in my front lawn more than I have the past week. And if you want to know what kind of person Evan is, that was a quintessential Evan answer. Um, unless you guys have anything else, I'm going to spare everyone's ears and wrap up this uh, episode of the Wingwheel podcast. Hopefully for next one, we have our uh, better mics in. Evan just did this. He made a big gesture, so... I think that means he's ready to go. We'd like to thank all it, of our. Isn't this a football thing? When we what went to that? the when we went to the bars, like when we, when we went to Phil's, uh, we used to see each other across the bar. We used to tap our heads. This would mean home, like tapping our heads. That's that's what I thought you were doing. Unfortunately, I'm already there. So are we all? Uh, we have a Michigan, a local Michigan um, business to highlight here: Groovy Donuts in East Lansing. Uh, they're still operating despite the shutdown. So if you guys have the opportunity, uh, check out Groovy Donuts. Um, they are um, they are at the intersection of Lake Lansing and uh, Hagedorn or Hagedorn. I'm sorry if I'm not seeing, saying that right. Uh, in East Lansing, Michigan. Um, we're going to do a better one next episode, but we would like to highlight or like a better call out. But uh, we'd like to highlight Michigan businesses who are. Um, you know, going through a tough time with the shutdown. Uh, if we can get even one listener to go and grab some takeout donuts or no contact delivery donuts from them or a- any other business, um, we'll feel happy and we'll feel that we've done what we can to support from afar. So um, everyone's going through a tough time right now, but if you're able, uh, check them out. We'd like to thank all of our listeners, our name level sponsors, uh, Terry, actually Terry, Arjun Shanker, Dead Panda Society, Brad Smith, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Kayla Thompson, Mitchell Shinkowski, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Brandon M., Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Mike Reed, Ryan Lewis, Langabeer, Clayton Van Dyken, Kaylin Wood, Hassam Alkasem, Arjun Shanker, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, Sean Levine, Ashley Van Conant, your friendly neighborhood beer rep, Connor Leighton, Danny Jr., Matthew Keeler, Craig Kibble, Simon Anderson, John Evans, Kwaz, and Stan Olson. Thank you all so much. Thanks for bearing with us. Uh, and hopefully next time we don't sound so horrendous. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.